Hey guys, welcome back to the new episode of the Drop a Deuce podcast. My name is Daniel Keenis. I am here with my co-host Frank Todd. Frank, how are you doing this Thursday night? Daniel, I'm nervous as hell. Now, to all our listeners out there, I'm going to give you a little warning. I'm a Patriots fan, and for those of you who don't know, we are currently playing the Rams on Thursday night football. So you might see a range of emotions between depression, screaming, and a lot of other things with how this game is going to go. But you know what? We're going to power through that, and let's jump right into our first topic of the day. We're going to talk a little college football. Oh, fuck. <laughs> what? I'm not, I'm not excited for this. <laughs> oh, I know. the call. You know what? Let's just get, get out of the way quick, and then we can pretend it doesn't exist. The college Please. football playoff committee – with the most BS ranking system I've ever seen in my life. So I saw, I, I sent you my, my, my views, my, my, I guess, very emotional views on the college football playoff committee. Um, for, in my opinion, I, I, I could always kind of synopsis what I, what I sent you, but overall the, the football, the, 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 the CFP committee, is stupid like you can't have 13 people deciding the entire like the 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 the, the almost entire lifespan of all these college of of all these college football programs here's the thing though if you want to do it then let's put the most random ass schools in there who are never going to be ranked and never going to be competing let's put Rutgers up there let's put up wake forest Let's put up the schools with no agenda because our teams are so bad that it won't change anything. It, I mean, no, I think outside the top four, it's stupid to have a top four playoff team, uh, 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 a, a four team playoff because these, uh, the, the one, eight, two, seven, and so on and so forth would have competitive games. They're acting like the top four or this elite institution Outside of five through whatever, and they have these New Year's New York's New Year's Six Bowls. I can't talk. They're having <laughs> these huge, fucking, uh, like the, the this this huge deal over the top four, and they don't. It's like they don't care about any other teams. But here's the thing: I agree with that. I think it does need to be expanded to eight. But we're still a couple years away from that happening because of the current deal. Right now, I have a problem with the ranking system because I just I just don't get the ranking system. How can Iowa State jump teams who won for beating West Virginia, who's horrible, by the way, but IU doesn't get to jump a two-loss Oklahoma for beating a then-ranked 16 Wisconsin team? I think where is where's the problem with that? Like, how does that make sense? I'm going to talk about IU kind of from an outsider's perspective because I don't feel as if we I I feel like you and I are biased in a way where you and I both and we 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 enjoy IU football. Um, we both Frank graduated from there, and I am graduating in the spring. But hey, I don't graduate for another week. Okay, let's not spike the ball. Let's not spike the ball. You you still have to get the diploma. Um, exactly. But he and I are avid IU fans, and our main issue is that we feel like we deserve more, and that is true. But what the what I guess that the playoff committee and the AP poll have shown is that I, I trust the AP poll and the coaches poll more than the college football playoff poll is that you don't want to drop the number 16 team in the nation that you had before. And when they lose to a higher ranked team, when they lose, when Wisconsin lost to an Indiana team ranked 12, 
and they were 16. Wisconsin dropped all the way off the entire standings. I don't know where they would rank, probably 28, 29. Um, but they were both ranked. They, they were ranked in both the uh, coaches and a people, but they weren't in the, the playoff bowl. It, it, but here's the thing. My opinion isn't even that biased, to be honest. I'm looking at some facts here. Like, we're going to go through some of the rankings here right now, honestly. Please. We're going to start with number 14, Northwestern. And the reason I want to talk about Northwestern is when they beat Wisconsin, they jumped ahead of everyone into the top 10. So there's the first issue we have. The second issue we have is how are USC and Iowa jumping all these teams ahead of them? Who did? Now, I know teams ahead of them now, lost. Now, you know I have strong teams ahead of them still over, won. over Iowa. I have strong opinions over Northwestern and Iowa for vastly different reasons. Well, yes, but hold on. There's one more point I want to make, and it's a very important point about Wisconsin. How can you tell me that three loss Oklahoma State, who looked like they didn't care about football out there against um, against TCU this weekend, should be ranked, but Wisconsin, whose two losses are to the number twelve and the number fourteen team in the country, shouldn't be? And they that's beat, what I want. They've beaten their other two teams. Yes, they haven't played as many games, but that that's an arbitrary point. What well, I mean, I like like to your point. Northwestern has played good teams. They've beaten good teams. They've beaten the sixteen team. They beat the formerly say uh, they've beaten two sixteen teams, I guess Iowa and and Wisconsin. But um, my, my issue with the entire playoff committee is Northwestern has I think rightfully deserves to be where they are where they're ranked. They I would say they're probably at the tenth team in the nation. They're going to get bulldozed by Ohio State, but, I mean, everybody in the Big Ten has. Oh, I agree with them. Sorry. My point wasn't that Northwestern shouldn't be 14. My point was, why did they jump up so much for being Wisconsin, but we didn't? That was more my point. By, Where's the disconnect? The thing here? is, it's a week-by-week week ranking, but the issue that I have with that is that in the AP poll, everything is separate. So all none of these – they don't have a big um, AP poll group me where they're all discussing the rankings, but – and like like again, all of this college football playoff rankings talk is in a hotel conference room in the suburbs of Dallas. So you have all these guys trying to sway teams that they like and dissuay teams that they don't. Hence Iowa, Texas A&M, Florida, Oklahoma, USC. Every team that has represent- representation, they're being swayed more in teams that they don't necessarily like. For for instance, I don't know who had the fantastic point of putting Indiana twelve, but Indiana's twelve. Um, Coastal Carolina is is right behind them at thirteen. I don't think they deserve to be there. Um, I think I think Coastal Carolina deserves to be higher. If if you have Louisiana at twenty, I think I believe twenty um, or close to it. Uh, Coastal Carolina beat Louisiana and Iowa State lost them at home by 17 points. That is a huge point to make. And I don't know why you wouldn't have Coastal Carolina with zero losses and wins against two top 20 teams to absolutely drop them out of the rankings. I believe Coastal Carolina, if everything is created equal, which obviously it isn't in this college football playoff committee, I believe they deserve to be ranked higher. Just based off the pure stats that were given. I agree with that. Now, Daniel, I want to bring up one way I think we can fix the conferences right away. We can fix this. If you're allowing teams like Iowa to have representation, there's going to be way too much bias. Here's what I think we should do. Let's take the bottom two from the AAC, the bottom two from the MAC, 
the bottom two from Conference USA, the bottom two Independents, the bottom two Mountain West, and the bottom two from the Sun Belt. Conferences that don't matter, who can't have bias because their teams are so bad. Let's say you're deciding the playoff because if we're letting teams like Iowa and Florida have representation, there is never going to be a bias ranking system for the playoff. And I think the only way we can solve this is have teams with absolutely no shot in being in the playoff decide who's in the playoff. I don't necessarily agree with that. I agree that there needs to be representation from lower schools. And we have some from independent schools. Like we have Army and we have just Arizona State schools that aren't going to be in the playoff regardless. But my big deal, and I kind of like where you're going with the point, is why don't we have why don't we have ADs from every school or representation from every single school going and debating um, d- debating these college football rankings? And the argument against that might be that it's going to be tough and that it's going to be a long process. But again, you have a week to decide a 25-team rankings. You have a week to be able to form these bowl games and these very major decisions. And it's not fair... And obviously, we've learned in the in college football play in the, in the college football world this week that fair means very little, and that fair is just kind of a word. <laughs> but you need represent. I agree. You need representation from every team and every input because you need different perspectives. And I understand that the cult- the cultural playoff committee has done a good job in diversifying their. Um, their portfolio of committee members. So they have some teams from the SEC, some from the Pac-12, some from the Big Ten, some from the Big 12, but they're all from big schools. The low, the, the smallest school is Arkansas State, who still has a really good football program. So you don't have any from UTSA. You don't, you don't have, have any from Rice. You don't have any from Ruggers, like you said. You don't have any from Colorado. I mean, there actually is one from Colorado. I, I forgot about that. You don't or like Utah or Utah State, you need representation from an outside source. That's it's 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 stupid when these programs who have won national championships get to decide who gets to win the next one. I agree. Now I think we could spend all night talking about this. I want to move on to some other topics in college football because there's another big topic of the week that I think we should talk about, and it's the Big Ten and the absolute disastrous handling of that. So for those of you who don't know, Ohio State and Michigan was canceled on Tuesday because of COVID concerns. Now, what this meant is that OSU was now ineligible for the Big Ten title based on the rules set of the big, by the Big Ten. So there was a long discussion about what should happen if they should uh, change the rules to let OSU in the Big Ten title because they would have been in win or lose. Now, this is a hot topic for us because we're Indiana fans and we would have been in after them. Now, at the end of the day, Indiana-Purdue got canceled this weekend, and then the Big Ten changed the rules, leading to a pretty disastrous day yesterday. Oh, Daniel, what are, your, what are your thoughts on this whole situation? My, 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 my thoughts are, are this. If you create rules, we plan, you have to plan to stick with them. That's basically what it is. You see that in, in school. You see that in, in jobs and companies. You see that with the, with the um, – uh, with the SEC filings, um, like in like the stock market and everything, you have to assume that when rules are created, rules will be stick to. And the Big Ten never stated that they were going to change the rules. And 
even when schools dropped under the six win margin. So when they canceled three games, hence Wisconsin and which led to Northwestern winning the, the big 10 West before it was even done. The big 10 made no, 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 no itty bitty problem about it. They were like, you know what? They're you're ineligible. Northwestern is going to win the big 10 unless, unless all of their games are canceled and you somehow end up winning more games than them. They made no big deal about it. And then once Ohio State's game get game gets canceled, they made zero they made zero like effort to not change the rule. They're like, I think the the day that it was changed, they didn't even make it seem like it wasn't for Ohio State. They were just like, Yep, we're changing the rule. Ohio State is going to make it to the Big Ten championship game and probably steamroll Northwestern and they're gonna make it to the playoff. And we're all gonna be happy little campers. The bit the big ten I mean, I agree. This was a horrible run decision, and I think the Big Ten has been horribly run all year. I think Kevin Warner's a horrible commissioner and threw together a season at the last minute to get the revenue from the TV games and didn't realize what was going to happen and didn't think this, this was going to happen. We all know that if Indiana was 6-0, and or sorry, 5-0, and and Ohio State was 6-1, and and Indiana Purdue got canceled, they were not letting IU in the championship game because they wanted OSU. Because OSU is a bigger the brand. The Big Ten. So, I mean, college football yeah. is based on brand performance. It's, that's why Michigan is talked about every single year. And even when they suck, they still get talked about every single year. Same thing with Oklahoma. Same thing with USC. Same thing with Texas. Texas has its own goddamn ESPN network, and they're not good at anything. Yeah. Can we just talk? That's the most ridiculous thing ever. But – yeah, the Big Ten is a horribly run organization who only cares about money. But this is going to transition to me in a little fun topic, I thought, for us. I want to talk about replacement opponents for OSU this weekend, both realistic and just absolutely hilarious. Now, I think a realistic opponent would have been Texas A&M because they had their game canceled, and this would have given OSU a big strength of schedule or boost. Or Oklahoma, too. Because that's their biggest night. Yeah, Oklahoma would have been. Did Oklahoma's game get canceled? Actually, I don't uh, know. That. I don't think it was canceled, but I I saw rumors that oh oh no, it was Oklahoma West Virginia was All canceled. Right, yes, our Cincinnati. There's three teams in the top eleven. They could have gone to reschedule and had a great games with, and been very interesting. But to the, the issue playoff. is is that they if you're chose... playing teams in the top eleven, that's fantastic and that's awesome. Congratulations for your strength of schedule but you still have to beat the teams. Is Ohio State still have people that are out? And will they be able to compete at that high level? Will they be able to beat? I think OSU is scared. I personally think OSU is scared of going against one of these teams because they, do, they don't want to risk the playoff. They know they can beat Northwestern in the Big Ten title, and they think that's all it's going to take to get them in because Iowa, the Iowa AD on the board is going to push for them. And don't so they're forget, trying to take don't the easiest the, route a, possible. So there's the Iowa AD who's the chairman, which means – which means that a Big Ten team is going to get into the title game regardless, right? Yeah, he's the he's the big voice. That's why I didn't mention the other guys. At the end of the day, he's the voice that matters the most because he's the chairman. He's the one who gave the interview saying, oh, we need OSU to play in the Big Ten title. To what also, there is a there is a former Penn State football player who's on the board, former Penn State All-American. I forget his name. But yeah. those are the two main Big Ten adversaries. Like, or like they're like, they're like the, the biggest guys. No, not not adversaries. Yeah, like they're the they're the the people who will help the Big Ten the most. Um, and I think you have you have you have you have you have two representatives from all of the biggest conferences. So 
from the from the Pac-12, from the SEC, from the SEC, uh, SEC, ACC, Big 12. You have all of these conferences with bunch of representation, and then none from the power from the group of five, and that is what is hurting. That 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 that's that's what hurting. I think that's a big problem, and that actually transitions. It was pretty one well on talking next stuff. But group of five took a hit this weekend, especially in the American, when Cincy Tulsa got canceled. Now, this is going to be a matchup again next weekend, no matter what, for the title game. But I think this is a problem because if Cincy won, this gave Cincy two quality wins in okay, a row. Also, if they won, beat, which gives him a better case. You know, but here's the thing. Is they weren't going to get in the playoff, but this gives him a better case for a New Year's Six. I would give, personally, I would give both IU and Northwestern a New Year's Six above Cincy because they've played harder yes, schedules. But also, I mean, the, the issue is, you, I know the New Year's Six Bowls used to be big on conference, uh, on choosing a, a specific conference. So, like, like the Rose Bowl, it was going to be the Big Ten and the Pac-12, and like the Cotton Bowl was going to be the SEC and Big Twelve. But if the uh, if the uh, Rose Bowl wasn't a playoff game this year, it still would have been they're probably Northwestern in this case because I Ohio State's been in the playoff, and probably USC. It still would have been this. The New Year's Six Bowls are still a big deal. Going to make a a New Year's Six Bowl when they've played nobody. They've played Arizona State. They because they're Pac-12. They're the champion of the Pac-12. Zero competition, and then somehow they're ranked 15. Well, personally, I was going to save this for a little bit later when we talk about the weekend preview. They're going to lose this weekend UCLA. They're going to lose this. I'm sorry, they're not. Rivalry game at home. Chip Kelly has something up his sleeve for this. And but USC also, is also just UCLA complete is complete Like, if you watch this UCLA team, they are not good. Yeah, I agree. But I also trust Chip Kelly. Oh, I, I, I trust, I trust Chip Helton more than anything in the world. He's not a good guy, but uh, he, he's, not, he's not a great coach. He could be worse. But I firmly believe Chip Kelly is the worst coach in the Pac-12. No matter who you talk to, this man has basically – this man took over a – a program with funding out the ass. This man has taken over UCLA, who will give you as much money as you firmly want. Recruiting costs, he's been getting four stars. He's been getting five stars. It doesn't matter what, but he can't develop them. Well, in- you're forgetting, they're still trying to pay off LeVar Ball for the three Ball brothers. So they don't have enough funding yet. They're still trying to pay they off did, LeVar. How long was, what was it? How long was LiAngelo on the, on the UCLA team? Like a day? Not long. He got kicked off yeah, very well, soon. Of and then the third brother never went because he went to play yeah, pro so he, in Australia. Yeah, so basically one and a half of the of the bald children were on were on the UCLA team. <clears throat> I know, but let's be honest here. There was there was someone on the table there negotiating for that. All right, to wrap up our college football talk here, because we've been rambling for a while, I want to talk about some of the other big games this weekend. Now, we've seen a lot of them get canceled, like Cincinnati, Tulsa. IE Purdue is always a nice game because for us at least, Michigan and Ohio State is always a big deal. I think the game for me, the one I'm most excited to watch, is Miami North Carolina. And the shoulda, coulda, woulda bowl in the ACC. AKA I believe Hexel. that North Carolina is going to win that. I think I, think I agree with that. I think North Carolina think, is an up and coming program. Miami's overhyped. Miami is, Miami, like they, they've had, I agree. again, no great wins. And you, like they, they haven't done much this year to prove to me that they deserve to be a top ten team, other than the fact that they have that nice little orange and green U as their logo. 
personally, I think they should be behind Oklahoma, IU, Northwestern, and sitting right there above I, USC. They, them and USC should be about the same. I, I, I kind of believe that. Both are overhyped because of the program's history. I don't think either programs are good this year. I think Mac Brown is doing something very I special. I think they're, they're going to be a national title contender in probably two years. Is it, if, if... I'm sorry, listeners. That was the first – sorry to interrupt. That was the first time reaction of me sovereign. Oh, no, the Rams have scored. No, no, they just threw oh, – Rams just threw oh, pick so six. Seven, seven. Uh, 10-7 uh, right now. Okay, but I'm looking point. at the Miami schedule right now. They've beaten UAB. They beat Louisville, who is now horrible this year. Um, they beat Florida State, who is, again, horrible. They lost. They got steamrolled by Clemson. They beat Pittsburgh. They beat Virginia. They beat North Carolina State. They beat Virginia Tech, um, and they beat Duke. What one of those games is a, is a quality win? Maybe... Um, losing to Clemson by less than maybe Virginia. I think was it? Um, let's look. Um, Virginia. Virginia. What are you looking? I'm looking at their schedule right now. They beat Virginia I, I, I'm nineteen on their to four right now. So they beat their their best win might be NC State. I'm and that was forty four forty one at NC State. So I would say that's their best win. Tech's not a Virginia Tech's not a bad win either. It's not Virginia good. Tech's four to six this out. year. You, here's the thing: is they're I think they're better than their record. So, I mean, so let's be honest here: their coach also screwed them out of a win. If you know about that whole Liberty story, their coach also screwed them out of a win, which is why I think they're a little okay, better yeah, than their you record. Can, but one win here or there: Virginia Tech's loss to North Carolina, Wake Forest, Liberty, Miami, Pittsburgh, and Clemson. So one two. Don't get me wrong. It's not a good win. I just don't think it's as bad of a win as some of the stuff in their schedule. Like UAB, uh, Louisville. Yeah. I mean, Louisville is not. Louisville hasn't been good since the QBs they had, like Lamar Jackson, left. Louisville's not a good football program. They just got lucky with two QBs. But let's be real here. I mean, Louisville's, what, three and seven this year. They have two wins in the ACC. They're doing nothing. Their only wins are against Florida State and Syracuse. Two very bad, very, very, very bad ACC teams. Florida State, I'm so confused what happened to them, but um, I am sorry. Uh, Jimbo Fisher left and Jameis Winston graduated. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. That's what happened. All right. I think we spent a good amount of time on college football. Let's go play our ad and hop into some college basketball talk. First, let's hop into here the big topic of the week. Besides for all the cancellations, was the ACC Big Ten Challenge, where besides for the two big leads, the ACC or the Big Ten Blue, I thought they looked like the better conference. They 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 were top to bottom the better conference outside of Clemson and Maryland. That was just that was a bloodbath. That was a bloodbath. Blood I guess baths. Maryland can't function without Jalen Smith. Or yeah, or oh my god. Or was it Mellow Tremble? Was that their big guy? No, no, it was Jalen Smith, the guy with the glasses. Um he goes, Oh, he was he was insane. 
Yeah, he got picked in the he got picked in the draft this past month. He's great. He's a big Suns guy. I am I am pumped for it. Uh, Suns have guns up. Sun, 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 oh my god! Don't even get me started on that. When I, in, in a few weeks, once we get into the NBA action, I am going to be all in on the Suns. I will be reporting. Every oh my fucking god! Cam Newton just threw a pick six. Is it going to be pick six? It's going to be a pick six. Another? Are pick you six? fucking kidding? No, it's only the first. Are you fucking kidding me? Sorry, fans. Sorry, fans. Got, got a little excited about my Patriots. All right. For, so, for all, like, the ten people listening to this, um, so, again, like, like you know, Frank is a huge Pats fan, and we have him basically live reacting to the Patriots-Rams game on Thursday Night Football. On It's not going it? well. It's it, 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 it's not going well. I mean, as a Patriots fan, you <sighs> you nothing really goes well unless you lose Tom Brady. All right, we're, we're going to focus more on this in the NFL segment, but I'll get into my frustration as a Patriots fan the year, this year. Let's talk some college basketball. So Please. I think the big story, though, is the game everyone wanted to watch from the ACC Big Ten Challenge, MSU-Virginia, was canceled because of COVID. That's true. That, I think that would have been a great game. Virginia, like, Virginia plays pretty boring basketball because they're very slow-paced and they're very defensive, but they are very good every year. doesn't matter who they lose. They're a very good team. The thing with with Virginia is that it doesn't you can't take into account who they play in the beginning of the year because their coach is still trying to develop their team. It's all about they they, they end up getting to form probably halfway through the ACC season and then they well they'll they'll just go and not lose an entire game for the rest of the year. Same thing. It's happened. not a Virginia basketball season without a random garbage loss. Like San Francisco. <laughs> oh my god! And they, and they almost lost to Kent State in overtime. Yeah, it's just the not thing, a Virginia basketball season without that. They're not. The thing is, they won't get blown out, so they will. They will play. Well, except by UMBC. Except. <laughs> oh god, that was again. That was the best game to watch ever. I remember sitting on my couch, absolutely screaming during that game. So it was... my mom is a UVA alumni. So we were coming home from a dinner. I still remember this. We're coming home from dinner. She's like, we need to hurry home. I need to watch the game. I was like, mom, you're playing a 16 seed. You don't have to worry. It's going to be a cakewalk. Yeah, I still live to regret those comments. Oh, irony. Uh, what, what happened to her that, that night? Was she so She was sad? very, very sad. All right. but So again, I want another game I want to talk about from this is Duke, Illinois. Because it taught me two things. One, Duke is very overrated. And two, Kofi Cokeburn is one hell of a player. Okay, so I believe Duke Duke's not going to be rated at the end of the year. I believe they'll be a middle-of-the-pack ACC team. They're going to be probably around Virginia Tech. So I say five, six, seven in that range. I think it's going to be Florida State. It's going to be North. I think North Carolina is good, even though they lost to Iowa. I think they're still going to be up there. They have great talent. And Roy Williams is a fantastic coach. Um, and then I was one hell of a team too, by the way. Uh, Luca Garza. I'm, I, I remember watching that team, and I was like, "Wow, this team is very white." But then, they, <laughs> but then they go and drop seventeen uh, three pointers. And you know what? If you're shooting wide open threes, and you have the inside presence to be able to develop those threes, that's all you need. Good for <laughs> you. Yeah, good for you. Great for you. Um, let's see. So then, if we go out, so we have Florida State, North Carolina, Virginia. Those are gonna be the top three in my opinion unless i'm missing anybody but then it'll go virginia tech duke sorry who'd you rank as your top three uh virginia north carolina and florida state 
Yeah, I agree with that. I think um, Louisville will be close fourth. They're not bad this year. They're not bad. Just depends not on if they. Yeah, it just depends on if they can keep performing. Depends Same if they still Virginia get that Tech. Adidas budget. <laughs> well, no, that's under the table now. That's under the table. We don't we don't talk about that anymore. No no more public stripper payments. But here's the one thing that's always bothered me about college basketball, and it bothers me irrationally. Why is Notre Dame only in it for ba- everything but football? Grow a pair of balls, Notre Dame, and get an ACC for everything. Stop running from Clemson in football. Well, it's because they make more money in um, in football than anything else. They have that huge NBC contract, which is only for football. It's not for basketball. It's not for. I know. I like logically, I get it. it just bothers me. It bothers me. I mean, because it's I mean, same thing with BYU. Like, if you if you are able to make more money as an independent and playing uh, ESPN games, like for for BYU, if they're playing. Like their 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 schedule this year before COVID happened was going to have Stanford, it was going to have Michigan State, it was going to have all these great teams that were going yeah, to be fair. where they're going to have these big games. And you're going to get more revenue because you don't get a conference. You the thing with conferences is that every conference has a um, a TV network. So SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Pac twelve, Mount Mountain West has one. Uh, Big Twelve has one. That hell, we talked about this a couple seconds ago. Uh, Texas has Texas one. has one. Um, they have they they they're all able to share revenue. But if you're an independent, um, you're basically an independent contractor. You have to go make your own games. You get to keep all the ESPN revenue that comes from it. So it's genius, especially when when you have that huge NBC contract. NBC is one of the big major networks, um, ABC, CBS, and NBC. Those are the big ones in the United States. You are able to keep that massive revenue and same thing in the popularity and marketing that comes with it. It's pre- it's perfect. I, that's why they – No, again, I – like, logically, I get it. Just still grasping and bothers me. That's, that's so going no, back to college basketball <laughs> – Yeah. Going back to college basketball, it's kind of boring. It's still the start of the season. Nothing too much of no – I mean – you got two decent games this weekend. You got Baylor going against Texas. So we'll see which one is real and which one's not. And you got Richmond going against West Virginia. It's kind of like a boring game, but Richmond's come out pretty hot. They're a team of a lot of upperclassmen and they can play. I mean, they're what they they, they beat Kentucky earlier this year. Uh, yeah, I mean that's their that's their big win to know, but I mean they have it. The big thing for them is they didn't have a fall off game after. A lot of these teams will come off when those big wins and then play lazy the next game, they came out, still played their game, won a good, won a good game against Wofford, and then they beat Northern Iowa two days later, and they haven't had that letdown game yet, which is big for them. Well, I, I think they're going to be the Belmont of this year. And what I mean by that comment is Belmont is one of the best college basketball programs nobody gives a fuck about. Uh, they're, they're, al- <laughs> they're always like 25 and 7. They're always they always steamroll through the Ohio Valley Conference. They always make it. They always quote unquote upset a team in the in the NCAA tournament, like in the 2019 tournament, the one that actually was played. They ended up beating Maryland. They ended up um, losing a close game in their second round. But they're playing all these close games, and they proved that. The thing about I think about college basketball is that every college basketball game is a little bit different, but the competition is still pretty similar. I think in NCA football, it falls off a little bit. Once you get past the, 
the the power five just because of the pure strength. But in basketball, all these underrated guys, especially the ones who stay four years, they develop a ton. Especially, I have, I have a question for you once I'm done with this. Um, yeah, go ahead. Especially like without fans, you're able to focus and you're able to develop plays more and you're able to play better defense. It's a every single game is a neutral site game, and I and we saw this in the NBA playoffs. That can make a huge difference. So. Frank, we, we've been dealing with no fans at sports for approximately eight, nine months. Um, what are your views on on no fans at sporting events? So before I answer that, I want to give a little background because, to be honest, I, because of my studies, I know a little more about this. So I'm a sports management major, which means I study the sports industry. So my take on it is it's great if you're an away team, but it's horrible for sports altogether. So? Sports needs fans – because sports needs fans to function. Sports cannot function without fans because that is one of the biggest revenue sources they're losing, and that's a hard source to make up for. And that's one of the reasons why, if you look at um, the NFL this week, or this weekend last week with the Ravens, how they're moving in like eight different days to try to find a day to get them on TV, they can't lose the fame and the TV revenue for these nationally broadcasted games. So they do anything in their power to make up for it. And I think we're probably about probably another ten months away from sports being able to have full capacity fans. So you say because the problem you think is October, or maybe like at the early or September. Because the problem is each state has its different guidelines and different rules. Like right now, California can't even be outside in, but if you're going to like Arizona, the Cardinals can have fans. So they can have like because these different rules or something. Yeah, it's just every state has basically every state has their own rule with capacities and fans at all. So, and they're not going to be able to have a full fledged vaccine for everyone still for a few more months. So once that's available for everyone, they're going to start slowly bringing it back in and slowly building it up, which will be great for sports because it's a different energy for the field. Players like that energy because it kind of gives them more focus and because they can also say shit they want to say during the game <laughs> without it being heard on national TV. Like, let's be real here. There has been a lot of players fighting their tongue after big plays or after big hits because they know we'll actually be heard this time with no fans cheering. Well, yeah, I think the, the most interesting thing is we can hear hard counts. So the most, I think, interesting thing about that is that especially for all these teams, whether it's home or away, you have these headphones in football players' um, helmets where the offensive defensive coordinator can go and tell them, oh, we know exactly what's going to happen during this play because we know exactly what the QB is calling right now. Like you can, yeah, exactly. You can hear everything. So if like whether there's forty or eighty thousand screaming fans, whether it's at a college or professional game, you there there that there's almost a mask, and I believe that's the biggest thing. I don't think it's the sound that affects uh players it's not the sound it's the energy it's 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 not like the vibrations the only vibe the only stadium in the world that or the only two or three no no i mean like when when i'm saying energy i mean like the literal energy that the crowd's bringing with excitement booze that can change a player's attitude like if you're like if the patriots are down 17 right now like they fucking are going for a fourth and goal for some reason cam newton rushing this is a different game with Probably. You're probably ahead of me, to be honest. I'm on YouTube TV. I, it's I'm always on behind. YouTube TV right now. <laughs> oh, so we're probably both behind. So the difference is this would be a loud cheering crowd getting Cam Newton's head and messing with the momentum oh. of the game. And now here, we know a lot about this. 
uh, as I oh my freaking god, he got he got sacked. So as IU fans, we know a lot about this because it's no secret to us. IU does not have a good football fans. We don't go to games. I think they will. They I think they will. People soon. leave early. But that's what I well that's what actually what I was about to say. If IU was at was able to have fans this year, that crowd would have been there every minute of the game, and it would be going rowdy. People who don't give a fuck about IU sports care this year because they are six and one. I mean. And that's the difference of being good. That's the difference, fans. And I think that's a good example. While while not all of our listeners might not be Indiana fans, I think that's a good point to make in general because fans, even if your team is good or not, fans will take that into account. Whether it's Alabama, who's expected to be great every year, or let's say Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina was a they weren't even a FBS school for the longest time, and then they come in this year. And end up going ten and zero, and are really good and thirteen in the nation. Their their stadium would be packed. The, the 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 teal team would be out, but because you can't have fans, you don't have that competitive advantage. And basically, every game, like I said before, becomes a neutral game, and it becomes so hard to bring that passion just by yourself. Yeah, I agree. Fans are the fans are the Especially, biggest part of sporting I mean, events right now that are missing. That's what we're makes supposed great. to be on college basketball right now, but we keep trying to kind of transitioning to football. All right. <laughs> we're going to college football or college basketball because there's two topics I want to talk about. And one is a personal one to me. And I'm going to tell a story. I'm going to ask you a question and then I'm going to tell a story. What is your favorite random ass team that no one knows about? For me, it's FGCU. I will always love the FGCU Eagles back from when they were 15 seed and upset Georgetown with Dunk City. And went to the Sweet Let 16. Me... I still follow them. I still have ESPN alerts for them. Those boys will always be had a spot in my heart for their 2012 tournament. Let me think. Run. My favorite team that nobody gives a damn about. Um, oh, Stephen. While you're thinking, I also still have um, score alerts on for UMBC just to troll you. Um, I would say my biggest, my favorite team that nobody gives a damn about is Stephen F. Austin. Oh, that's a good pick. That's Nobody a very gives a damn about Stephen F. Austin, but they're always good at basketball every year. I remember they beat uh, they beat uh, VCU, Virginia Commonwealth, in the NCAA tournament off of four-point point, point play, and I had them winning because they'd lost two games all season. They're always so damn good. The Lumberjacks. Stephen F. Austin is always someone I picked up as an upset team, two upsets, someone good. in the tournament. Because they're always they're like Belmont. They're always same very thing with sneaky. Belmont, but Belmont's kind of getting some rep now. Um, I mean, also like nobody really cares about San Diego State. I think they're always really good in basketball. Um, see, now that's where a cultural difference is because because I'm in San Diego currently, I see a lot of people caring about San Diego State because I mean I'm in the city where exactly. the college is. So that's a big difference we see there with base application. Um, let's see. I'm I'm from Nevada, so I think. Well, I think UNLV is the main UNLV. basketball team that gets a lot of rep there. They're not that good anymore. And I have a friend, uh, a really good friend, who plays for the Nevada basketball team. And I get Snapchat updates about how they're balling out every day. And I don't think I don't think they're that <laughs> bad. But um, all right, hand up. I need to do a hand up moment here about UNLV. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I like to give. I like we to gamble dabble. a little bit. We, not we, we toss like some money to some games. And I'm gonna be honest. I completely forgot UNLV had a football team until I bet against them this year. I was like, oh, oh yeah. 
They have they do have well, their own fives. They would make some money off of them. <laughs> yeah, they're they're bad. Okay, so now the other topic I want to talk about in college basketball is our way too early national champion predictions. I it's only been two weeks, I know, but I want to give you the chance to tell me who you think is going to win the national title right now, and I'm going to be saying. Okay, you. so I want you to roast my picks. I want I want. I want it, I want okay. you how how I want, how I want oh. this to go is I want you to tell me why I'm wrong and um I want I want to tell you why you're wrong. Okay, so okay. top three picks I would say are I have to be completely like Good Zag is the best team in the nation by far. Yes, <laughs> it's not even, not close. even close. Gonzaga. The the point the fact that they've scored they're averaging sixty one points in the paint just just throwing it to the big boys and saying you know. what? score because two points twice is better than one three-pointer made once that's and that just that just helps all right you want to know why gonzaga is gonna lose it's pretty simple to me they're gonna lose because they're gonzaga they always find a way to choke near the end when they have the best team they always they just aren't a team made for that big moment and i haven't seen anything from them yet to prove they still are they've been a team who dominates in the regular season but just always falls a bit short, and I think it's going to happen again. I love their coach. I just don't know if he's okay, built for my, that. My number two pick is I'm going to say it is going to be Illinois. That's a very good pick. I had them in my top. Uh, okay. I like. Here's the thing: is again for Illinois, it's going to be the office Gonzaga problem. It's going to be about who they play. The problem is, if you shut down Kofi Cockburn, what happens? What's the Udi next Zumu, best thing you other, can do? Their other He's first a... team All-American? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, let's be honest. Kofi Cockburn is one of the best he's players in the like No offense to him. He's, he's so great. He's built like a truck. He's good. The problem is going to be, I think if they play a team like Gonzaga with two other big men, they'll find some trouble. Or if they play a team who plays very fast pace, they'll find themselves some trouble. But and I'm going pick. to say my third pick. I'm looking at the rankings right now. Um, I would say that my third pick is going to be. Oh my gosh, this is actually kind of a tough choice. I'm gonna say my. I'm gonna say I, my third pick is going to be Florida State. That's an that's another good pick. Now I think their biggest problem is going to be spotty play, as we saw last night. They go on runs against teams, and the question is, will that run hit at the wrong time? Same thing I said about Kansas last week. Will there a team that goes on a lot of runs? Just the question of is what my, moment my, that my run happens. Florida State is what I saw, and you see this again with Virginia. They teams around the nation in college basketball have technology to perfect their players' shots. And what I saw with Florida State is that they had a lot better arc on their three pointers than Indiana did. And while it while they didn't make a ton That's of fair. them, if you have that overall technical beauty to your shot if your shot is technically perfect then while i understand that fundamentals aren't the only aspect that goes into college basketball i find that if you have that fundamentally perfect shot in clutch situations your team will be better it will be on average better than a team with less perfect shots and that's why we see Virginia com- winning the national championship when they're down a ton against against Texas Tech. And that's why we see Florida State, who had 
hey, hey, don't talk too much about Virginia. They're on my list, and I'm trying not to use teams. Okay, but yes, so but far. I mean, I, well, I'm just using them as an example. <laughs> and same thing with Florida State. If you have that, if you have that power, and you and like especially in the in the post that they have, and you have the the perfect three pointers that they have, their team is big. Their team can shoot. Their team is very deep. They have great young and veteran players. I don't see why they couldn't make a run to the final four. I believe they're underranked right now. They're going to move up from a win with in, in with Indiana because they've only played one game. I believe whether it is in four or four weeks or four months, I believe they will be a top four team. Okay. I like that. I like that. All right. Now I'm going to do my three and I'm going to go three teams. You didn't That's mention yeah. here to mix it up. So now the one pick I was never going to change no matter what is Iowa. I think that Iowa is one of the most well-rounded teams in the nation right now. The thing is you got Luca Garza pounding the inside, creating space. Then you have locked down three point shooters. Hang on, I'm, I'm probably going to pronounce some names wrong here. So I apologize in advance. Yeah. Wieskamp, Frederick and Bohannon who can all shoot lights out. Like if you look at their stats the other night, Frederick, 8 of 11. Wieskamp, 7 of 12. These guys are shooting the ball really well. Both, By the way, both Frederick and Wieskamp are 5 of 7 from 3. They're shooting the ball really well, and they're pounding both the inside and the outside, and they're playing. They're not playing defense because they know they can outscore you. They dropped a 93 on UNC. They dropped a 99 on Western Illinois. They've, they've scored The lowest they've scored is 93 against UNC. They're scoring at an unreal pace. And I think that's going to carry over for them for a long time. You can have I too think, many shooters. I, I, well, I agree. That's a really good pick. And I was thinking about them. My issue with Iowa is that I believe Luca Garza is a little bit overrated. I believe, I believe if you let Luca Garza score, and and he only shoots twos. If you if you can get him underneath, and he's going to shoot fifty yeah. percent of his twos. I believe if someone has a good game plan against Iowa, they can shut him down. I think we're going to see that in the Big Ten this year. So I believe if – because this team is Luca Garza and everybody else. And while we know that they have those fantastic three-point shooters, they're all secondary players. I believe with Iowa – I think that the only point I disagree with you, you made so far is that they're secondary players. Bohannon is – I think Bohannon is one of their – is probably their primary shooter. He was one of their big players last year too. And he take, he shoots the ball. I'm not a saying they're secondary players in general. I'm saying they're secondary players on the Iowa team. Oh no no no! Okay, it's yeah. Luca Garza. Okay, Luka okay. Garza, now I get what you're get saying. Get the ball to Luca, and if Luca can't score, who else can do something? So if Luca Garza can score, we saw this in the Iowa Indiana game last year. That that's our point of reference because Indiana beat Iowa yeah. by like 20, but Luca Garza scored 40 points. Lucas Garza scored half their points. And again, if he's only scoring two and maybe a few threes and your team is able to put up points and able to compete with them, I was not great on, on defense. Uh, they're letting up an average of about 70 a game right now. If you can keep them under 70. Well, I agree with you. They're not playing defense. Just right now, the problem with it is, yeah, they're giving up 70. They're also scoring. But again, 90. again, a de- a, a, if your offense has a lax day, it's all about if you can com- if you can win those six games in a row. And and the hardest part about no, the I agree. tournament, I agree, is that you still have to win those six games in a row. You have to be mentally tough throughout that entire tournament. And I don't know if Iowa Iowa can do that. 
Those are all completely fair points. I agree. So now my second team I'll talk about here is the team I think is most likely to beat Iowa in the tournament, Virginia. I I will never. I don't care who he has on his team. I will never bet against Jay Wright. Jay Wright is one of the. Or no, that's not that's his name. That's the Villanova coach. I mixed up their names. I'm sorry. The Jay Wright's my favorite coach in college basketball. The UVA coach is the second. My Tony second Bennett's Tony the best Bennett. coach in America. Tony Bennett. Yeah, Tony Bennett. Oh, I agree. He's the best coach in America. I just love Jay Wright's basketball mind. But the same thing is same about Tony Bennett. He has a great mind. He's a great coach. He knows how to come up with situations to force you to make the shots you don't want to do. And he knows how to get just enough points to get his, de- to get his defensive mindset to win. That's why they won the national title. That's why they've been a threat for a while, mm-hmm. except when they played UMBC. And that's why I think that unless, unless, they can, unless Iowa can't be stopped by them, I think they're a threat to go very far because of how good they yes. are defensively. Which is weird to say about a basketball Because nobody honestly. cares about defense anymore. Um, I think I'm, I'm yeah. looking up all of their games right now in the 2019 tournament. My issue with them is that I believe, while I believe that they can be a really good defensive team, they don't score a lot of points. And we, we again, we've seen this twice this year. While you're able to be close and beat these teams, you're able to be close with every team. The issue is if a team step, if a, if a team, if a team <laughs> steps it up, and they basically give every single team they play a chance to beat them. And while it not be, might not be a high chance, there are teams like Gonzaga and there are teams like Michigan State and there are teams like, um, like, like Iowa, where if a team gets close, they will absolutely step on your throat. It doesn't matter what happens, whether it's, whether it's um, whether it's Gonzaga against Kansas, where Kansas got close in the second half and absolutely blew them out, and whether it's Michigan State, where um, Western Michigan was close and they absolutely blew them out, and then Iowa, where North Carolina was close, and then uh, with eight minutes left, they absolutely blew them out. It's those things that I think make a great basketball team, and I don't think Virginia keeping their teams close makes them that great of a basketball team. I agree with that pick. And that's a fair point. I just think that's one of the – I think that's just one of the things that Tony Bennett is going to do well, though, is he's going to make it so they don't have to be in those runs with his set and his game plan. I mean, if you can finish games, then then fine then fine by me. If you, As long as you can finish, I think then they can win as many national championships as they want. But the issue is they need to finish, and they haven't shown me that they can yet. That's fair. It's a fair point. All right. Now, my last pick, I'm going to go with the team I tr- – I did spend some time trashing him last week, and I was wrong. Well, not wrong about the game, but wrong about how good I think they are. The Kansas Jayhawks. I think that Kansas is one of these teams that has a lot of talent but is still trying to figure out what their identity is. And once they figure out how to play with each other and how We're to work together – We're still a non-conference player right now. They are – yeah, exactly. That's why it's the way too early predictions. Kansas is a fantastic team who just needs to figure out how to play together a little more. You saw it against Gonzaga. There were some sloppy plays. There were some mistakes that led to it being a, led to being a little blowout for Gonzaga. But then they took on Creighton, a team who's been a, a, not as lights out as Iowa, but has been pretty lights out, playing them right down to the wire, and Kansas never was shaken. Kansas just kept playing their game. 
and it came out on top for them. I think if they can hold, if they can figure this out and hold it, out of their I think identity, my thing with Kansas is that they're still a little bit volatile right now. So they they got murdered by by Gonzaga. They were never close in that game. While they were close in the scoreboard, I felt like they did not compete, and maybe they didn't have a good a good game plan. And same thing with with Creighton is that a guy missed the last uh missed a free throw in the last couple seconds, and that's what did it for him. So they've gotten. They, they've, they've gotten lucky. That's fair. And they need to be able to kind of pull away and not put themselves in those scenarios to lose. And we will see how it is in Big, in Big 12 play because Big 12 has Kansas. The Big 12 has Baylor, Baylor Texas. Texas, um, Baylor. Oklahoma's still good this year. There are a lot of good teams. And while we talk, while we give the Big Ten and ACC so much credit, I don't believe we give the Big 12 as much credit as we should. That's fair. I just don't think the Big 12 has as much top to bottom talent as the other two conferences, but they're far and away. Because Pac 12 is nothing this year. Pac 12 is. SEC is nothing. especially Especially with Kentucky being down this year. Yeah. All right. We have spent a lot of time on college football. We kind of both. Sorry, college that football was, and college basketball, that's like honestly. A mix of both. Yeah. Let's talk about – let's end it up with some NFL and a little bit of NFL talking, a little bit of top bets for the week in the NFL to throw in some new content. So now it's time for me to get to my ring. So I briefly mentioned this earlier. My biggest frustration with the Patriots this year is they're way too good to tank and they're way too bad to be in the playoffs. They're just this middle team – who can't figure out what they are, and it pisses me off because I wanted a top 10 pick because I wanted Trey Lance. Yes. I wanted Justin Fields. I knew we were never going to be bad enough to get Trevor Lawrence. I wanted one of them, but we're too good for that. And we're, as you can see here, as we're getting blown out by the Rams, we're not good enough to be a okay, playoff that is, team. That, that is very true. So what, what, what's, what's your point here? And so my point is, as a Patriot fan, it's been very frustrating because I've, I will honestly say I've been rooting for the tank. I've rooted for us two games. You win two games this year, the loss to Houston, and then this blowout I mean, that, tonight. That, that, that is very <laughs> that is very true. I think there, this NFL draft is going to be interesting because again, like we've seen there, this this NFL draft is a lot like the like the ACC. It's very top heavy, but in the bottom is going to be kind of lesser, but it won't be horrible. I could see four QBs drafted uh, in the top ten. We have Fields, Lawrence. Fields, Fields, and Lawrence are the guarantee. I think. I think Trey Lance Wilson. and Zach. Uh, what's his name? It's I can't remember his yeah. last name. It was thank you. The BYU quarterback are going to be They're, top ten I picks. Think... And then you're going to get Mac Jones from Bama drafted in the first Jones round is too. Be a good ass quarterback. I mean, at this point, he's my only hope for I a think, quarterback I in this think, draft. I think Belichick so, drafts hopefully. Mac, uh, Mac, Mac Jones. Here's the thing. I want Mac Jones, or if we don't – or I want no – at this point, since we're not going to be near the other four, I want him or I want no quarterback, and I want the thing, the thing with Mac Jones some of the other guys is coming that next. he is a game I don't manager. Wanna... We've seen this. And while he while, – while we talk about game manager like it's a negative thing – a game game managers don't lose games. Game managers do what they have to do to win games. That's why I believe Tom Brady is a game manager because he does all the stuff while it's not pretty to win games. Same thing again. We we see this in in the NCA. Uh, Peyton Ramsey, former IU guy for Northwestern, right now. He's he's six and one at Northwestern, <laughs> coming off a three and nine season. Who are who aren't 
fantastic on offense, but he does what he needs to do and relies on the defense. A Bill Belichick's defense in the uh, for for the for the Patriots is that good, where you need a game manager to not make make mistakes, and that's our issue with Tom with with uh Cam, uh Cam Newton is that he's thrown almost two pick sixes in this game, and no, he's only pick, he's only thrown one pick. He's only thrown one pick. Yeah, the other pick six I got returned oh, was thrown by Jared Goff. Uh, so, but here's the thing is, my thing about Cam Newton is he does, he's, a, he's a glorified running back at this point. He was a very good quarterback who had too many injuries. But if you look at it, he's thrown 10 passes tonight. None have gone far. He's thrown an interception. Last week, he threw 11 passes and was under, six, was under was, 800 yards passing yards for a full game. He's at this point. Oh, yeah, I forgot we talked about All right. So we're going to move on from Cam Newton here because the last time we talked, we were in the middle of a Monday night, Monday afternoon football game, Monday slash Monday night football game. And I want to wrap up that Bills 49ers actually, game. Actually, and talk some actually I'm going to move away from that point. My, I don't know. Add on to it. Who are, your top, who are your top five teams in the NFL? Good. Oh, full NFL? Okay, well, I mean, you got to go the yes. obvious one. You got to go the Chiefs. Steve, you got to go Chiefs Steelers. Steelers. They're the two I obvious ones. So. They're the only. Well, no, I'm not doing an order. I'm just, I'm not doing an order. I'm just thinking overall. Because once I said the Chiefs, I think the only other good team okay. in the AFC is the Steelers. So that's the why NFC I said that. The NFC is better than the AFC. I agree with that. And then from the leaders. NFC, oh, far and away, far and away. It's not even, a, it's not even a discussion. From the NFC, I think you've got to talk about a couple teams here. The Saints who are still Saints winning with Chiefs. pretty though. good. You got the Packers. Yeah, the Saints are pretty good. The Pack. I think the next three I pick are. Absolutely no one from the NFC well, the Giants can pretend they don't exist. Right the Giants are playing. Good I think I'll go. Well, yeah, they're just five and seven. But we'll talk. We'll make an NFC East segment later. Show them some love. But I think my next three would be the Packers, the Saints, and then I'm going Seahawks. Seahawks. Lost the Giants this week. I think though. the Seahawks are one. Here's the thing: is I think that's just a bad loss. But this team, this offense is explosive. And I think that they are going to be a deadly team. Like, here's the thing. They have a free win this weekend. They're playing the Jets. And we all know the Jets are going to throw this game like they did against Oakland. And that gives them the 9-4. and four. They're easily going to be in a wild card. They got, this, they got the football team, this, uh, the Rams, and the 49ers in the season. Playing good. That's not Rams a hard schedule. Playing good. I believe the football team is playing good, but the problem is – the football team's not going to be able to get a lot of sloppy turnovers against them like they did from Big Ben. Russell Wilson doesn't make sloppy out turnovers. the Seahawks with the Buccaneers. I think the Buc- I'm not high on the Buccaneers right now because they just don't look like they're playing as a team on offense lately. And I'm not putting that blame on Brady. I'm putting it more on the coordinators. They just don't look like they know what they're doing. Again, they but, haven't figured out but they're what, going to make how to work the playoffs, and the playoffs are all that matters. Once you get to the playoffs, your main goal is to go one and out. And I think Brady is experienced in going one and out. I think that guy knows what to do, and he can. And he can. He's going to rile up his team to play well and be able to win those close games. So the so right now it's the one because of the one by and the seven teams in. You got in the NFC. You got the Packers playing the I Vikings, think Packers which will be very interesting. Shootout. And you got the Rams. 
Oh yeah, that's well, that's why I say interesting because that might be like forty nine, forty two. But then you got the uh, pass. You got sorry, I said then you got the Rams playing the Bucks projected right now, and I think that's where it's going to be interesting. The Rams already beat the Bucks on Monday Night Football in Tampa. I know its playoffs are different, but I think this Rams defense the Rams is good zero enough credit. to hold Tom Brady out. I do. I think they get zero credit just because I think the problem is they're the second best team in their comp in their division. That's, I'll, I'll I still think that. Seattle's I'll better that. than them. And I, but here's the thing: is it's too. It's honestly, I'll be honest. Probably because of the style of football I like. I'm more of an offensive fan than a defensive fan. My, <clears throat> my favorite players are quarterbacks and wide receivers who are lighting up the field. And the Rams are a very defensive team, but because I mean, Goff's not lighting up the scoreboard as much as Russell Wilson. DK well, Metcalf okay, I believe you sound like a fantasy manager right now and i completely agree with that but and like like so so am i i mean i'm i barely made it into my oh no i agree this year and i'm loving it hey i'm in it i'm in way too many leagues i'm in in three of my well, leagues my, my Gone issue for ship. It, with with that is that defense was wins championships because you d- you wouldn't need a great you 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 just you just wouldn't need a great offense to win. You see that with the Patriots. No, I agree, and I hundred percent agree. Defense is more important. Offense is, yeah, I think offense is more, is fun, more to fun to watch. Personally, I just I like seeing DK Metcalf run eighty yards on the field with the ball, but, okay, juking people. We, I just like the, the issue with the comment I'm about to make is that while while offense is important, defense is fantastic. Defense is the most important because. You need to be able to stop people. If you're going touchdown for touchdown, your 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 game's tied. So that's the, the the Chiefs are by far, in a way, the best team in the NFL because while they have Patrick Mahomes and Ty- and Tyreek Hill and that entire arsenal on, on their offense, they almost have as good of a defense. And so it you no, and I agree. I agree 100 with what you're saying. And I admit, I'm being a stupid fantasy manager. I'm just, I'm just I, like the big, yeah, I'm just like I, the big I, 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 I get it, but I think, I think it's okay. I think we we're gonna have to end this episode kind of soon. But who? I know we've been rambling on for way too. We've the problem is we're having exactly. too much so, fun going on these. Well, I guess rants. we're gonna end this episode real quick. Um, outside of the Chiefs, who is your uh, Super Bowl winner? Saints, that's a good pick because they have a, again. Saints. Why, why, why the Saints? Because I think the Saints are first of all. I think the Saints are going to be very good when Breeze is back. A healthy Drew Breeze. Oh, what a catch! Sorry, bad to pass. I had to stop there. A healthy Drew Breeze is going to give a good plug to that offense. That Hills not. I mean, Hills have a great season, but the problem is, your one of your best players now non-existent in Alvin Kamara, and I think that. Breeze is going to bring back a nice balance that Hill doesn't have. I'm going to say, and I think that defense. Is just I know I didn't nice. put him in my top five. I'm going to say the Rams. The Rams have again. You have, uh, why the Rams? You have Jared Goff, who who are able and proven to put up points, and then you have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Uh, and the thing about Jalen Ramsey is that it takes away your best, uh, the your opponent's best wide receivers. So like like we saw with the Seahawks, it, he took away DK Metcalf. He's I don't even know a Patriots wide receiver tonight, but uh, obviously Cam Newton can't pass the ball. <laughs> I don't even know who hey, the fuck Keel that Harry. Is. Don't hate on my uh, man Keel Harry. <laughs> um 
the Rams are, I believe, again, because they had such a down year last year, we completely forget that they were in the Super Bowl two years ago. Um, But but here's the only problem with, my only problem with the quarterback argument as a Patriots fan. So we have Stephen Gilmore, who's arguably one of the better quarterbacks in football. And then you have on the other side of him, J.C. Jackson, who is second in the NFL in interceptions right now. The problem is, you still have players like that getting torched a lot if they're against a good receiver. I mean, I can't... I have one game against, I think it was the Texans. J.C. Jackson got absolutely torched by someone for a touchdown. Next play, he intercepted the ball. And that's the problem is he can't do come back for that interception every time after you get torched. Exactly, but you have to Because even the best get torched every once in a touchdown. while. Yeah, I mean, I just use Jackson as yeah. an example because he has seven picks. He's obviously not the level of those guys. But Gilmore just okay. hasn't been playing um, enough for this so year for me to make that argument. End this episode, any final thoughts? My final thoughts are All right. goddamn. On that note, sucks. everybody, uh, thank you if you made it through this episode for listening to the Drop a Deuce podcast, and we will see you guys on Tuesday.